Joshua chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. I'd like to preach a few moments on this morning. God has a plan. God has a plan. Joshua 1, 13. Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all the fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of you, fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. This time I'd like to go to God in prayer. And Bruce, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. I don't believe there's a day goes by that we don't need God's grace and peace in our lives. Amen. Every day, we need God's grace and God's peace in our life from the first breath you take to the last breath you take. Now, there's going to be times in your life when you need more of that grace and peace, right? When it needs to be stronger in your life. But every day, we have to rely upon God and believe in God's grace and peace to give us what we need. We also, with that grace and peace... We need that Holy Spirit to guide and direct us, right? To set us where we need to be. To point us in the direction that we need to be. And when you think about, in the book of Exodus, we talk about how the children of Israel, you've heard that preached upon many, many, many times, about how that they were living in slavery, and how that they were being mistreated, at generation after generation after generation, that they were living in slavery and fallen to victim to all of these things that was going on. But God had a plan for them. And it was only by grace and peace and the Holy Spirit that they were able to be able to be released out of that slavery. But for 40 years, for 40 years, they had walked seemingly day in and day out. I looked up this morning. During those 40 years, they walked 1,300 miles and walking and wondering and trying to make it to that promised land, trying to make it to that place that God had promised them. But God was with them each and every step of the way. And God gave them what they needed. When I was four days old, me and my mom and dad were living in Allen, Kentucky, out of past Pikeville, in a little bitty spot in the road. And my dad had a little United Methodist church there. And mom, I don't remember this. I don't remember when I was four days old. But mom says when I was four days old, it was on a Sunday. You know what that meant? That meant that I went to church. And mom took me to church. And I remember mom saying that 
Sometimes I did yell and scream and I cried and I carried on. And, you know, we, we live in a society today that if you're if you take your child out of the Walmart or whatever, when they're getting too loud, somebody look at you and say, why are you doing that? And vice versa. Right. My mom said, you stayed right beside me. And I still today can remember that look of my mama. But every Sunday after that, I went to a United Methodist Church. We moved from place to place and place to place. But I knew that I was going to be a part of the United Methodist Church. I went to, to seminary a little while up at Southern Baptist. We was going to become a full-time pastor. Still have never figured it out. If any of you ever can figure this out for me, let me know. I really don't know the difference between a part-time preacher and a full-time preacher. Never figured it out exactly yet. But I went from that full-time preacher down to a part-time preacher, but I was still a United Methodist. When David and I had our discussion, and I'd heard it at many uh, other discussions with different folks as well, I had to make a decision right then. Because all my life, guess what I was? A United Methodist preacher. And if there was a United Methodist church close by, and I was going to go to church on Sunday morning, I would go to, what do you think? To a United Methodist church. And I was preached in a United Methodist church. But what I found out was, as the children of Israel, they had a big problem. They, they had a massive problem. They were trying to reach the promised land. And they were wandering astray, not listening to God, and not doing it God's way. The children of Israel learned a lot of things that we're going to talk about here in a few moments during that time. But I learned right then when I started praying and talking to God about where we were as a church and where the church was going. And I talked to Sheila a whole lot about it as well. I figured out something. Sometimes you just have to take a stand, don't you? Sometimes you have to say what's right is right and what, what? what's wrong is is wrong. And I believe we have to do it God's way and listen to God's way and stand for what the Word of God says. And when the Word of God is being trampled on, when the Word of God is being spit upon, when the Word of God is getting to a point where folks look at your name and say to yourself, why do you want to be a part of such? I believe that's when you have to pray and you have to talk to God and you have to ask for God's guidance and direction. The children of Israel, as they left on this journey of trying to reach the promised land, they had many obstacles to overcome. The way to the promised land is not always easy. In fact, it rarely is. But it's worth it. I've often found out in my life, the harder I work for something, the more I appreciate it. The harder I work for something the more I appreciate it. When I was in high school and turned 16, what happens when you turn 16? Get your driver's license. What happens when you're 50, what, how, what am I, 54? And forget to take your license for two years, you get to retake them again, right? But I got my driver's license, and I remember going up to mom and dad and saying, you going to get me a car? Because all my other friends... Their parents was giving them a new truck and a new this and a new that and a new whatever. And my dad looked at me and he said, no, 
If you want a car, you get a job, you work, you get that car, you pay for the insurance, you put the gas in it. If it breaks down, I'll come and get you. And I remember going, get me some jobs, mowing grass and so on and so forth. Finally bought that, remember that Mercury Bobcat station wagon I've told you all about before with the paneling on the side, right? This is a beautiful car. Well, let me tell you what, when I pulled into the school, even though everybody looked at me weird, that car meant something to me. Why? Because I worked for it. God knew this for the children of Israel. They were going to have, I believe God could have just took them right out of slavery and put them straight where? Right in the promised land. I believe he could, right? I believe God could have said, you've been, in, you've been in slavery way too long. I'm going to take you right out of that slavery and put you where I want you to be, where I can protect you and take care of you. But the scripture over in Exodus 13, 17 says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the right road through the Philistine country, though, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. I remember when we first started talking about our future. To be honest, I had no idea what it meant. Because you know why? I know David's going to amen me on this, I believe. Nobody had tried it yet. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what steps that had to be taken to be able to do those type of things. But I was assured of this when praying to God, even though it was not going to be easy. And let me tell you what, there's been a lot of sleepless nights. Even though it was not going to be easy, and there's going to be a lot of questions, and a lot of things that we didn't understand what to do. I was assured of this. If God is with us, who can be against us, right? If God is with us, who can be against us? We also learn from the children of Israel, God will make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Over in Exodus 13, 18 it says, So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. You've heard many, many sermons on the Red Sea and how that only by the grace of God was that Red Sea split wide open. And those children of it, those Israelites could walk across. And Moses led them across. I believe today, you know, I believe it wasn't even, the water just wasn't split, Brother Charles. I believe that that was on dry land. There wasn't a footprint left as they walked across that Red Sea. But I promise you, as the children of Israel was walking towards the Red Sea, and they were coming behind them for battle to kill them, they were outnumbered. They were pretty much sure that they were going to lose their life. I'm sure right at that moment they thought, what are we going to do? How are we going to be able to overcome this? What are we going to do? And I probably believe today as well, Moses probably thought the same. God, you've led us this far. What do we do now? How do we get across this Red Sea? We are going to be captured. Praise be to God. I believe today that God has a plan every day, doesn't he? And remember what we talked about today in Sunday school. 
All things are possible with God, right? All things. There's not a thing that God cannot overcome. I remember the day I was put in charge of calling the district superintendent. That was so much fun. I called him and I said, this is what our plan is at Bethlehem. We're wanting to leave the United Methodist Church. Well, he started on a little, are you sure of this? I know your daddy was a Methodist preacher. Is he, is he going to be very proud of you? How about your mom? Is she going to be very proud of you leaving the United Methodist Church? And we went on and on and on. And I said, yes, sir, we've decided that we're going to leave the United Methodist Church. We just want to know what to do. And he says, well, I really don't know, but I'll get back with you. Well, he called me back the next day and gave me all the steps to go through. And I remember when I got off the phone and got off that phone with that look. You ever have that look where you're just out there in outer space somewhere? I'm sure that's the look I had. And even though Sheila couldn't see me with her cataracts, something was going. she knew something was going on. So she looked at me and she says, honey, you okay? And I said, I think we'll be okay. We crossed the Red Sea, though, didn't we? We made it through, even though it was tough. God had a plan. God gave us the direction that we need. God will lead us day and night over in Exodus 13, 21. By, the, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on the way and by night a pillar of far to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. God never left the children of Israel. He was with them every day. He fed them. He gave them food to eat and to drink. God was with them each and every step of the way as they went through their life. God was there with them. Folks, I believe, praise be to God, God was with us here at this church in the past couple of years. Amen? amen? I believe, you better get ready for a big amen on this one, all right? I believe that God is with us here today. Amen? amen. And I believe God's going to be with us, what? In the future. As we build on to our relationship with God. As we build on to what God wants us to be and how God wants us to live our lives every day and do our very best to be more like Him. Also, God fights on our behalf of His people. God gives, over in Exodus 14, 14, it says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. What does that say to us? That means that God is strong enough when you are weak, when you feel like there's no more that you can do. God is strong enough to give you what you need in your life to grow to be more like Him. There was many days that I got off work in the past couple of years, and I'd walk in and Sheila would say, Did you have a good day? And I'd say, Yes, honey, it's, it's been a very good day. And then all of a sudden, I start getting texts. I'd get emails. I'd get phone calls. I'd call Bruce up and say, Bruce, how you doing today, Bruce? He said, I'm still reading. I'm, I said, I'm still reading, too. And we'd read, and we'd read, and we'd read, and we'd read, and we'd read. And I come to, after so many hours of those things, I want you to know something for sure on this. The harder you work, for God, the harder the devil 
is going to work against you. But the scripture says what? The Lord will fight for you. He will. He'll, you need only to be still and do that will of God and allow God to give you what you need. Allow God to give you that strength that you need. Sometimes we will feel forgotten, left out on our own. But God is always with us. Over in Exodus 30, 33, 14, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know. But I do know this. As long as we do it God's way, we're going to be okay. As long as we let God be over every meeting that we have, every decision that we make, every place that we go, everything that goes on in our lives, as long as we do it God's way, we're going to be okay. The hardest struggles we face have the greatest potential to teach us patience and endurance. Today, praise be to God on Celebration Day, celebration of Bethlehem Church, our new beginning, and learning how to be a church of our own, a church of God, a church where God is in leadership and God is taking care of us. And remember, God has a plan. Today, I still believe people say, Preacher, why do you have an altar call every Sunday? Do y'all realize there's some churches that don't have altar calls every Sunday? Do y'all realize that? Some that just says, well, we're going to have a closing song. I believe the altar is open all the time. Amen? It's open from the time you get here on Sunday morning. If God's talking to you while you're in Sunday school and He wants you to go pray at the altar, what should you do? Go pray. Whatever, during church, pray and talk to God if He tells you. But at the end of church, we have a special time where we say, think about what God's talking to you about right now. What is he saying to you right now? Is God saying, I want to come into your heart and into your life and make you whole? I want to come into your life for you to be saved. I want you to be able to take that next step of being a Christian. Is he talking to you about that today? Maybe he's talking to you about something going on in your life. Remember something. I've said it a hundred times and I'll probably say it a hundred times more. We all have problems. We all have situations. Some of us handle them better than others, but we all have things in our life. Let God help you carry that load. Let God help you as you pray to Him and ask for His guidance. So basically, whatever God is talking to you about today, we invite you to come as we stand and sing our closing song. Brother David.